Good evening, Patriots. And it's Monday, April 11th on the West Coast. Around the world, I think it's like April 12th already. You're in that early morning hours. We're not, though. On the West Coast, we're still 9 o'clock. And it's still a Monday. Not Tuesday yet. And before we begin, make sure and get good sleep. Seriously. And I, I do mean this in all sincerity. You've got to have good sleep in this time. These people are trying to rake our sleep and destroy our immune systems. And it's just ridiculous. So make sure you're, you're sleeping well. And truly the best products on the market out here are put out by MyPillow. Great sheets, unbelievably comfortable with Giza cotton. And they're down at 60% off. And you've got MyPillow pillows down as low as 1998, and they're just amazing. And they've got a new MyPillow with Giza cotton on it. It's amazing. So head on over to MyPillow.com, and you can use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, and take advantage of the great savings that are going on over there. And if you can also call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939, to talk to a Patriot pillow counselor. It'll get you totally set up, and that'll be good. So all is good. Check that out, and you will be very, very happy you did. So mypillow.com forward slash Bards is the Bards Nation's landing page. And we will see how you enjoy that with your promo code Bards. All right, Patriots. So, um, I'm going to just kind of chill a little bit tonight on some of the politics. And I'm going to tell you why. I mean, I, I can always rant about politics. Um, so there is a, one of our members, BDAD Nation members, lost her daughter last week as Jimana. And that's a really hard thing for anybody to go through. So tonight I just want to dedicate this show to her. She came in at the end of chat. Um, at the previous show, and I don't know if she's here tonight, but she didn't. She showed up and we had a chance to kind of chat a bit and play some music, and that's cool. And That's kind of where we're going to go, but we're in a real precious time. And we're going to have to start really valuing the moments we have because time is something that goes by very quickly. And it's a precious commodity. And it's something that we don't, I think we, in the midst of all this flurry of stuff that's going on, we kind of forget the simple things in life, which is each other. I talk a lot about community building and I talk a lot about um, the importance of engagement. And I've even had people ask me, like, what's engagement? It's talking face to face. It's spending some time to break bread and listen to each other. And in all this nonsense that we're going through, it's really not that difficult. It's not a place that is a difficult fight to win. It's only difficult because we make it difficult. It's not a victory that we even have to worry about. Not because God wins, not because God's already won this, which I hear all the time. Because when you say that, it takes us completely out of the equation. And if we weren't needing to be in the equation, I promise you God would take us off this earth faster than you could blink. And I really do get tired of hearing comments of people saying, like I get regularly, Barge, you need to have more faith in God. I, that I find to be one of the most offensive comments someone can make to me. Because let me tell you, I walk with God. But what people are missing in all of this is our peace in this. And we have such an important part in this fight, and it's not sitting on the pew praying and waiting for Christ to come back and save us. And it's not sitting out here waiting for some miracle to happen by some white hats riding in on their white horse. 
Our function is so simple. Treat our neighbors like we want to be treated. Build community. And walk with Christ in our heart. It's, it's that simple. And if we disengage with all of the garbage that's out here, and we focus on the principles of stewarding as God would want us to, this fight ends like tomorrow. And there is nothing more to say. We perpetuate this fight because we cause the fight to continue. We obsess about monies. We obsess about our loss of our convenience at our grocery store. We obsess about you know, whether someone's going to wear a mask or not wear a mask. We obsess about a business that's going to mandate this or that. Not one thing in this entire process has ever forced us to do anything. It's all been free will. And in the midst of all this noise, I would say that we're probably at about a C as a grade of building community. When we come together, we're unstoppable. And when we lose somebody in our life, it hits us right square in the face how fragile life is. We have so many people in this amazing following, and there are other people out here that are not directly in Bars Nation, but so many people out here that are dealing with loss right now, dealing with loss. And that in itself requires that we have to step up and be there, not only in a capacity to support, but we have to realize around us that This life has become more fragile than we ever imagined. There's already the normal things in life that can take us suddenly. And our clock, when it starts, there's one thing we are guaranteed. We do not know how long our life will be here. We are born and we know we will die. And in between then, we have absolutely no idea how long that clock will run. And if we are not each and every day striving to do the most that we can do for God and the most that we can do to make, to live in joy. I don't really know. I don't know how we get lost in the other stuff because it's like we enjoy as a, as a people. And this is not pointing the finger at anybody. I've just been around it so much. I, we enjoy wallowing in anger. We enjoy wallowing in hate. We enjoy wallowing in this. And there isn't to say we shouldn't have righteous indignation and righteous anger for some of the things that's going on, but they can't consume us. There's one commodity that they can never take away from us unless we give it, and that's love. And yet, they've almost taken it in a lot of ways. And that's something that is just not something we can let happen. Our time here is so short and I don't need to relate the stories and I've been to, I've told them before, you know, I guess when it hits you home is when you're, when you have to go to funerals or you, and I guess this, like the idea of war is somehow that you, you become at a certain point a little bit numb to death, but it's not ever really numbness. You just kind of learn to paint over it with a thicker painting. The fact is, the matter is that every person out here right now is in a war. Every person is. And most people have never been to war. And for whatever reason, somewhere along the way, God decided I would be a voice for some of that. So I try to share it. I don't like to overplay it because it ends up being like war stories and drama and all this stuff. But there is an important piece to understand, a few of them, in fact. In war, you find the greatest and the worst of humanity. It's right there, and there's no question it's there. And you get to see it in real time. And in war, you are going to suffer loss. And in war, 
there's going to be some innocent loss of life. And in war, you meet true evil, and there are certain things about true evil that just needs to be expunged. I have no moral issue with that. I have no issue when I talk to God about that. And I think that when we are, we've lived in this very isolated culture, and somehow it's a very, it's a very propped up culture that we have here. and a very insulated culture, and people have been very much out of touch with what the rest of the world has been suffering through. We like to grandstand and get on sorts of things and take sides and start viciously arguing for one side or another. That's why it's so easy for people to get on the side of Ukraine, though they don't, don't know a damn thing about Ukraine, and they don't care what happens. They just want to be on the side of whatever side we're on because we're told that's where we're supposed to be. That's dumb. War on both sides is always messy. And that's the one thing. That's why you've heard me rail on cue people that are like, oh, it's 10 days of darkness and it's going to be over. No, it's not 10 days of darkness and it'll be over. This is going to be a generational fight that we're in right now. And it's going to be a long time to get ourselves reset. And there's a tremendous amount of pain as a society we have to face because we've been the epicenter of most of that pain that's been going out to the world. So in all these things of dealing with, in the midst of war, the one thing you do learn, and it's, it's easy to forget when everybody's spread out and connected to the Internet, the one thing you learn in, in when you're in conflict is that person on your right and your left, that squad that you're in, man, you take advantage of the time you have with them. You take advantage of sharing time. I, you know, I'm, I'm one that I have high sensitivities to certain things. I can't stand egos. It drives me nuts. I mean, I, I can't stand people that need attention for themselves because there's, it's like, I need to be, I need to be identified for this. I have no room for it. I'll be honest with you. These are my things. I can't stand weakness. And I can't stand the pity me attitude. None of those things fit well in my life. And that comes from my own experience of being knocked down pretty hard times and having to get back up and finding a way through. And always knowing at the end of the day, God's got it. No matter how it comes out, God's got that, and I'm where I need to be. And there's been some hard knocks getting to that understanding. This is a time right now when everybody's getting knocked down pretty hard. And a lot is being demanded on people. And if we're listening to God, God's putting a lot on us thing about egos is there's always someone with a bigger one thing about the pity me thing is there's always someone with a bigger problem than you and right there are some real opportunities and that's where the humble humbleness and the humble walk is we have to take a walk right now with each other that's all we have. The rest of this world, it can go away. You know, you're not going to take anything with you out of this world. But you, um, and this is actually a quote I heard today, so I'm paraphrasing a quote, but it's a fair one. You can, you're not going to take anything with you here. The quote was, you never find a U-Haul behind a hearse. That's a dead-on quote. That was from Denzel Washington. But you can leave great things here. And we can leave the impact of love and the memory of who we are here. No matter how long we are here. And the big trap that's been here for all of humanity, has been the trap of suckering people into the love of things and the obsession of money and all the various fears that go along with that of the loss. It's always about loss. I'm afraid of losing my job. I'm afraid of losing my health. I'm afraid of losing my house. I'm afraid of losing my car. Afraid of losing my bank account. It's like, oh, my goodness. And not 
And in that dialogue, there's no room for God in that. I'm going to read this quote, Exodus 14, 13. And it's right as the sea divides. And these are the words of Moses. But Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will perform for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again, ever. Think about that. We don't know what this world holds for us. And I've said all along that we're on an Exodus 2.0. And I believe we're on some form of an Exodus. I don't know what it's going to look like. I, I, I have always said I don't play the Revelation game because it's not for us to predict anyway. And I can't stand the counting of days and, count and events because that's not, it's not even told to us to do it. What we do know is there is a major event happening. And if we just look at events around the world, things are changing radically. Here are some simple facts. We know that there are many people injected with this, with this bioweapon. We know that those symptoms that they're having are going to get worse. And where they lead, unless there is some sort of massive cure that we don't know about, there's going to be a lot of loss of life. That's a form of exodus right there. So there are people, you will never see them again. And the thing is, you don't know how long that's going to be. They've done these events intentionally to emotionally divide people so that we won't communicate. And at a certain point, we're going to have to put that aside. Because we just don't know how long people are going to be around. And even outside of the vax, we don't know how long people are around. But our life and our world has changed radically. It has become a very fragile state of affairs. And that fragileness of, of the world is what we really have to step into as the new reality. Because that's where we have to determine who we want to be. You don't want to be that person that has to live with regrets because you didn't say hello to somebody or you didn't extend a hand with somebody that you knew or cared for or be living with the regret because you had an argument over some stupid presidential issue and then you never speak again and then that person dies. I, had, I have two cousins. I have more than that, but on one side of the family, I have two cousins. Long history, a lot of conflict in the family that so that, that my, was my one of my uncle and aunt okay they're the sons of my uncle and aunt and they were my favorite uncle and aunt and there was a lot of rift in the family for a lot of years the one thing I'll never regret and I'm always proud of is I was able to see them and spend time with them before they each passed okay the other two cousins had been pretty close but as time goes on and we go our own way We, things have kind of put distance between us. And so lo and behold, it was discovered that one of those cousins the other day died a year ago and no one knew. That's pretty stupid because I, it should have been known. I know why, but I won't get into that. And it was all pettiness, the reason it wasn't known. Pettiness that had nothing to do with me. Pettiness had nothing to do with my family. Pettiness that had to do with some other things going on. But you sit back and you really ask yourself, you know, I, I was like, am I emotionally hit by this? And unfortunately, I really wasn't because there was no closeness there. But that's kind of the point is there was, when we just degrade relationships to a point where there's nothing there, we're not leaving anything good behind. When we lose somebody that's intimate to us, close to us, that's a pain. And it doesn't ever fully go away. So in this walk that we're making, 
and this walk that we're going along, we have to be pretty honest with ourselves. All this consumption about what's going on in the world and the predictions of the world and where things are going to go, it gets to a point where, for myself even, I just like, who cares? Because we can't control it. We can't see it. And we each have a task, and our tasks that God wants us to do are pretty local and for good reason, I believe. And that individual engagement is probably the most important thing we could possibly do each and every day. Because it's making a difference in people's lives. Life is a pretty messy place. And it's become seemingly messier than it ever has only because the fabric and the veneer of the falsehood that we've lived under has been stripped away. And for the first time, Americans are starting to see the engine of terror that has been part of this government that everyone else sees, but we've been blinded to. So it seems pretty horrific for us as we witness a government turn on us, go after our children, use a vaccine against the population. I mean, that's kind of like having somebody do a drone strike on your wedding. Not that we've ever done that a hundred times overseas. We're seeing the true face of what our government is really like. But here's the thing is that we can make a choice of saying that we're the bad guys, which I'm not going to say. Or we can say our government's criminal and that's not who we are. Because the rest of the world isn't going to judge us by our government unless we align with it. But the rest of the world is curious to see what we will do as a people because they are watching. Because God's children around the world are watching. For many, this awakening that we're happy having here is way, way overdue. And for many, they're scratching their heads at why it took so long for Americans to finally figure their way. And it's probably a good question. We're in a place right now that we can make some big moves. We can reset the relationship with God in our country. We can take our positions as if we've been all awake and we've been waiting for it to go so long. All things happen in appropriate times. It's God's timing. But along the way, we better remember what it is to love. And we better remember what it is to respect one another. And we better remember what it's like to sit down and break bread and just have a conversation. One of the most important things in our life right now, I truly believe, is getting a garden going. And it's on so many levels because the metaphor of sowing seeds isn't It isn't just about the spiritual aspect. It's literally about putting your hands in the dirt. And when you start to get that commonality with your neighbor, then there's things you can start sharing that have nothing to do with politics. They don't have to do with religion. They just have to do with the beauty of what we're growing and what's going on. When you start start getting back to the fundamentals of life and start prioritizing what's important again, like growing our own food, start to find a common ground that pulls the rug away from the controllers and puppet masters that we're ruling, we're being ruled by. This is a a growing up period for us as a nation, 
and as people across the world. You know, I watched a video today of a bunch of people in New York City. Maybe it was shot yesterday. There was a manhole that cover that exploded. Of course, you, we've got our conspiracy theorists that are jumping like, oh, we got subterranean warfare, they're freeing the kids. And it's like, okay, I don't know. I don't care. But what I do care about is how crazy people were. Because the explosion goes off and people just start running, blindly running. And you hear these things like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it just keeps going on as they're running. They have no idea where they're running to. They don't have any situational awareness. They don't have any clue what direction they're running to. For all they know, they're running into another explosion. But that doesn't matter. It's just, and then you watch people running with them going, what's wrong? I just heard explosion. And they're all running together. They're all a bunch of damn sheeple. Nobody's taking the time to sit still, watch, observe. And why that video is important is it shows you the general sense and state of our nation. Fear is driving them. And so I want you to imagine for a moment if that one explosion will drive a herd of people crazy in New York City. I want you, for all that keep saying that, well, we need to have truth. I want you just to think for a minute what it would be like if all of a sudden all the truths that we've kind of come to know, the horrors of what's going on around the world, are suddenly just laid out bare for everybody to see. Because there's a whole bunch of people that say, yeah, well, we just need to wake them all up. There's no foundation of faith. There's no concept of true intimate love with Jesus or with God. There's really, in that sense, then there's really no concept of or relationship to a true intimate relationship in appreciation for one another. There's just fear that binds. And that's where you hit the fragile society and things would come unravel so unraveled so fast. And there we go. There's that opportunity that God has thrown the door open and we've seen it now. And now the question is, what are we going to do? We have an opportunity to take faith out and do great things with it. You don't have to throw a book at anybody. You don't have to beat them over the head with the Bible. What we need to be able to do is to walk with that love and confidence in Jesus. And I don't think that confidence with Jesus is there as much as people think it is. I think we do a lot of reinforcing I think we tell ourselves we love Jesus. We tell ourselves how much our worship of God is. I think we do a good job at that. But I think in that true intimate relationship with Christ, where we literally walk our life and we trust in everything he puts before us and everything that God puts in our heart and we obey and we watch a world unfold before us that we never thought possible, I don't think that's as common as we think. And I think it's, it behooves us each to seek it out and to strive to dig it deeper. And it is on us to also share that passion and that love with others so that they can find it as well. But it's not going to be found in the simple words of Scripture because that's where, the begin, that's where it begins. It's not where it ends. And that unbelievable passion and love in Christ isn't going to be found in the pews where they're told how to think. It's in the world. And it's what we have to continually seek. And our real power in this world is as we reach to that to understand what it is to have dominion over evil because we do have it. It's in each of our lives. It's not taking dominion over evil over the whole world. It's taking dominion over our life where evil can never touch you and nothing it does can ever bring you down. There's never anxiety. There's never fear. There's never because you know real simply that God's got it. 
And when we live like that, and we're living more and more in the moment like that, we're starting to appreciate the power of just the presence of being here. On the show last night, I was sharing how on Saturday I went up and I spent the day up at a fantastic farm, Helios Farms, which is just north of my house by about an hour. And I'm gonna I'm going through I'm gonna be going through training to be to learn how to butcher animals up there. It's really awesome. And it really struck me in listening to their philosophy and what they were doing up there and, and again how simple it was in just being completely part of the cycle of life. And it's the whole process that when we are literally tied to the food that we eat and the land that we walk on, and there's no chemicals, there's no pollution in between, we're in balance with as God intended, and it's a full ecosystem. We're living in a complete connection of things that is just phenomenal. I don't think we stress that enough. We talk about it in general terms, but I don't think we stress it enough. And there's a, and it's in that space that I think also finds the true sense of agape love because it's there that you really just can balance the things like flipping tables and pulling out a whip and feeding people on the mound, on the mount, giving the sermon, sitting in the back of the boat and stopping a storm, sitting in between two people, the accusers and the adulteress, disarming them with words. All of those things are part of agape love. And it's, it's not a cuddly love. It's a powerful love of transformation. And it's a strength in Father. It's unprecedented. Nothing rocks, the, rocks your feet. And, and it, you know, and when I look at that very simple form and very pure form as Christ, as much as we can see into how Christ walked this earth, I don't see patent leather shoes. I don't see slicked back hair. I don't see big boisterous calls out to Jesus on a stage. I don't see people running up around the stage screaming God and Jesus and all this and trying to give a sermon. It's I see humility and I see quiet, powerful, peaceful warrior. I don't see big temples. I don't see offering plates. I see the mightiness of God moving through people. And we've gone so far in the faith to where the show, the band, the music, all these things are more important than the message. And so when we get back to the simplicity of life, which is ultimately a short amount of time that we're here, the breath of life that we're given for whatever time that is before we're called by God, all that other stuff, it's the B movie. You want to watch the, you want to watch the award-winning movie? It's pretty calm pretty level there's not a lot of peaks and valleys but it's unbelievable joy it's unbelievable love it's a fairly level walk all the way through this isn't to say there isn't a bit of drama because life has that but drama finds you whether you want it or not and if you seek it it'll find you a lot more But at the end of the day, when we sit back quietly and we ask ourselves some simple questions, and here's a few to reflect on. How many true friends do we have? True friends. People that you can count on, you know, will be there no matter what. How many true friends do you have? Not how many true friends, how many Christian friends you have, just how many true friends you have. I think in that simple sense of 
who can you truly consider somebody you love? And when we look at the acts that we've done, can we truly be happy and will Christ be happy with the way that we've walked to help one another? Because that clock that starts at our birth, it has an unknown end. It can be short or it can be long. And when it ticks off, we want to be proud of it. We want to be content in our heart with how we've lived. 2019, I was heading to Florida, and that's when my dad asked me if I wanted to come home. And it was the best decision God led me to make to say yes. My parents are 85 and 84. They're in good health. That clock can strike any day with any one of us, but in in particular with them, by virtue of age. And I literally ask myself every day if I'm going to be happy, if I'm going to be able to be content with the life that I've lived, not just with me and for me, but the life that I've lived in value with them. And I think it's a good gut check for every one of us to take a perspective back and realize that life is short, that we don't want to have burdens of regret. We want to have the purity of just knowing that we were as good as we could possibly be in the relationships that we have. And to have given our heart as fully as we can to that. And there's not really much better you can do. I think that's a pretty good life. When we add to that of being able to do a work in our life, whatever that is, to make a difference for others. And be able to live a life where we have control over our life, like our food in our health and a life that we know that every day that we're walking with Jesus in everything, not temporarily, not, but it's a complete unity. I think that's a pretty solid life and it doesn't look dramatic. Probably doesn't have the biggest house on the block probably doesn't have the biggest bank account either. But it's steady. And it's true. And I'll tell you, if if all the things in my time, if there's the things that I can count on, it's steady and it's true. I have a couple really good friends. Both of them come from the special operations community. Both of them are completely opposite. But one thing I absolutely know is that if all chips are down and I need a friend, they will be there come hell or high water. One of them's Christian, openly, an amazing lover of Jesus. The other is coming to Jesus, but not as strong. But it makes no difference because they're both pure in heart and good-hearted people. And that's a good place to be, to have two. So just take some time. I just, you know, this is just a conversation tonight. Take some time to put things in value and perspective. We can't take it with us. Like I said before, with Denzel Washington's quote, there's not a U-Haul behind the hearse. But we can definitely make a difference by what we keep here and what we leave here by who we are. And in the end of the day, 
this war is won on that simple principle. Not what they are or what they're doing, but who we are and how we're living as God would want us to. Let's pray. Father, we're coming to you tonight just very humbled with all the things that have gone on in the world that's around us with a lot of loss. And we just pray for those that have suffered the losses of family and friends. Those are heavy pains and heavy burdens on the heart. So we just pray that you can lift that burden. There's so much division, Lord. And there's times that just is overwhelming and it's by design to try to keep us separated. Just hear our prayers and hear our hearts. Just to be there and help us remember to just live a simpler life, put the value of things that really matter before us and to remember that we can't take anything with us. That how we live here and who we are is truly a defining moment in our growth as your children. And it's an opportunity for us to truly gain in this world in ways that I would think you would want us to. You've given us an enormous gift. And sadly, a lot of that gift gets buried in the fast pace and change and chaos of things that really don't matter. So Lord, let's pray tonight that we'll all just take a few moments, not just one day, but every day, just to step away from it at least for a while. Find that place to look up and say thanks. To to think about what was sacrificed for us to be here. To put our feet on the soil and feel the earth. To breathe in, feel the air. And when it rains, take a walk in the rain without an umbrella. Feel the rain. We need to experience the world of beauty and perfection that you gave us and remind ourselves of all that is truly in this world. It's really not us. It never has been. But in this fight, in this raging time, we seem to swallow up the me a whole bunch and we forget that we're just part of a much bigger design. So let us be humbled and let us find our praise at your feet for all that you've given and all that you continue to give. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It's a good time. Be a lot more. There's going to be a lot of intense conversations in the months ahead. But sometimes it's good just to take a pause. Just let the mind drift a bit. Let God speak. No one in this fight, in this war, is going to be untouched. No one. And in the end, we're all going to have to find a way to get back together. And really that begins pretty simply. And it can start now break bread and have a conversation about a garden. Have a blessed evening. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee at 1 p.m. Pacific. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights through fight for all we had to lose reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground oh i can see it now i can see
sunsets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow. Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Safe place to hide from the rain. 